I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome back to News Du Jour. If you're new here, I wanted to start off with the disclaimer that while we promise to be a calmer space to consume the news, that's not to say that bad stuff doesn't happen. And when it does, we're going to be here to tell you about it and acknowledge its seriousness. However, we believe there's a lot more than doom and gloom going on in the world. And we will report on a range of different topics from entertainment to business to politics to art and fashion and much more. Whatever the top stories of the day are, that is what we're excited to tell you about. We're glad you're here. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the News Du Jour. Um, A little housekeeping before we get into the news today. We actually won't have an episode of News Du Jour for you guys on Monday because I will be celebrating Easter on Sunday and plan to spend that time with my family. As a reminder, or in case you didn't know this already, I typically take off any days where the banks are closed, but I like to remind you guys of it because it actually affects the next day's episode as I record all the episodes the night before for you guys. That's it. Now we can get into the news. So for our first story today, we actually have some legal updates having to do with former President Trump. So I had mentioned to you guys before that there would likely be more litigation against the former President Trump. And now a new case actually has come out, but from a somewhat unexpected angle. And there's also been a bigger update to do with an existing case. So let's dig in. So with the new lawsuit, it was actually filed by two Capitol Hill police officers who fully believe that Trump caused the riot, despite how his impeachment proceedings went down, and that he should be held responsible. The Republicans in Congress repeatedly said throughout the impeachment trial that it was not the right venue, quote unquote, for the hearings and that these hearings belonged in a court of law. And now they will end up in a court of law. And the five people who died that day, their deaths will be a component of this suit. But It seeks $75,000 in damages for each officer due to the injuries that they endured that day. Both have also struggled emotionally since the day when they were relentlessly physically attacked by the crowd. The lawsuit not only blames Trump for inciting the riot, but also for failing to do anything to stop it once things turned violent. We'll see what goes down. And for the second item on this topic is an update 
on the existing litigation by the Manhattan DA's office about Trump's finances. The prosecutors of this case subpoenaed the personal bank records of the Trump Organization's CFO, so Chief Financial Officer. It seems Trump was doing him some big favors and giving him some extreme gifts of some sort from the White House. So they are now digging into all of that and other major figures surrounding the Trump organization's inner workings. We will definitely keep you guys posted on all of this as more information comes out. So you guys may have been wondering, what is the deal with Lil Nas and Nikes? Like, what is happening? So let me back up and tell you all about this situation where Nike is suing a rapper. So the rapper named Lil Nas or Lil Nas, best known for the song Old Town Road with Billy Ray Cyrus, has decided to start reselling these redone Nike shoes. Kind of like when you buy sneakers that someone has hand-painted to add an artistic element. This happens all the time online, especially in artistic corners of the internet like Etsy. But Lil Nas, first of all, is not some random small-time artist. He's very famous. So it would be pretty easy to get confused and think that he's doing some type of collaboration of some sort with Nike when he's not. And secondly, he has come out as a self-proclaimed Satan worshiper and has customized these Nikes to the theme of Satan worshiping. Their release coincided with a new song of his that also is Satan themed. The shoes themselves are all black, but include a pendant on the laces with the sign of the devil, red crosses painted just above the Nike sign where you'd pull on to put on the shoe, and inside the base of the shoe itself, there is allegedly a little vial with a drop of human blood in them. Additionally, there's a Bible verse somewhere, Luke 10, 18, which reads, quote, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning, end quote. The shoes are produced by a company called Mischief, which is spelled M-S-C-H-F, a group known for creating viral and yet controversial products. They only sold 666, 666, the number of the devil, and each pair reportedly cost $1,800 and sold out shortly after becoming available. And now, as you may have heard, Nike is suing them. And although I did want to note, the paperwork does not directly name Lil Nas as a defendant. Nike did receive a ton of backlash over this situation that they were not involved with, did not condone or profit off of. People were calling for a boycott of Nike as a company, not understanding that the company had nothing to do with this launch. They released a statement, obviously to distance themselves from these shoes, but when it did no good, 
they turned to the court system and filed a lawsuit. I would venture to guess that all of this is a very elaborate publicity stunt. But again, that's just a guess. One hell of a scandal. And we'll keep you guys posted. So for our next story, we're covering some updates on the Derek Chauvin trial. I obviously want to issue a trigger warning here. This story covers violence at the hands of the police. So there have been a lot of witnesses testifying at the Derek Chauvin trial regarding the death of George Floyd. I'm sorry if I'm a broken record here, but I just wanted to remind everyone that we actually have a bonus episode of the News Du Jour about when Chauvin was first charged that goes over the specifics of exactly what he was charged with and what those charges mean exactly in the state of Minnesota. It can be found towards the bottom of the podcast feed with a number of other super interesting bonus episodes. But anyway, what we're going to do today is just walk you through a few of the key witnesses and exactly what they testified about so that you guys can, you know, keep a pulse on what's going on. So first off, there was a 911 dispatcher that testified and she said that she was the one who took the call for police. So when the store called, she's the one who answered the phone and She was the one who then dispatched Chauvin and his counterparts to the scene. But she could actually see what was going on with them via a camera. And she became very concerned. As she put it, quote, something wasn't right, end quote. At first, she testified that she thought the screen was frozen. But once she was realizing that it wasn't, and Chauvin had indeed been kneeling on Floyd for that long, she knew she needed to call for help. And that's exactly what she did. She called the sergeant in charge of these officers and reported the incident to him as it was occurring. This woman had done this job for years and testified that she'd never seen anything like this. So the second witness I wanted to go over is the young man who called about the $20 bill. So the young man who unintentionally set all of these wheels into motion was 19-year-old Christopher Martin. I don't know that his testimony will really make or break the case, but I think it, it shown an important light on some of the context of what was going on. He testified that every fake bill that he accepted came out of his paycheck. So although he was motivated to report the fake bill, George Floyd handed him he didn't want to. He said he didn't think George knew it was a fake and that he was really nice. But after Floyd left, he thought about it and reported the fake bill to his boss. And after several attempts to get Floyd back into the store to actually pay for his items, his boss told him to call the police. And he did. He testified that he then had to watch Chauvin smother Floyd in the streets 
a nice man that he'd been chatting with about sports, who was caught on camera dancing in the store a little as he was checking out. A nice guy. He had to watch him die. A black man himself, Martin testified about the guilt he was left with after making that phone call. And lastly, in terms of witnesses, I wanted to go over an MMA fighter, an EMT, and a firefighter. So these three witnesses, I went ahead and grouped them together because they were all just random witnesses to the crime, but they also all had some sort of training in safety that was relevant to this incident. The MMA fighter testified that he had learned about chokeholds in his time being a professional fighter and that he had specifically told Chauvin to get off of George's neck because he was cutting off airflow. He also told Chauvin he was an MMA fighter and was trained in chokeholds. Derek didn't get off. Then the EMT, she, like the MMA fighter, told Chauvin that she was an EMT and that George's airflow was restricted, and that he would pass out and possibly die soon. She implored him to get off. And again, Derek didn't get off. Lastly, the firefighter. He testified that he's very knowledgeable when it comes to asphyxiation and resuscitation. He told Chauvin this day as well, I am a firefighter. I am an expert. Please get off of this man's neck. And yet, despite all of this readily available expert advice, Derek still did not get off or even attempt to move away from his neck. Both the EMT and the fighter fighter felt that he needed medical attention in the moment and both offered to check on Chauvin for him or check on Floyd for him to make sure that he was okay and that his airways were not cut off. Derek did not allow them to check on him, and even though he could have knelt on another part of the body, he just let him die. I think all of these testimonies are extremely relevant because, like I said a few days ago, this case really hinges on the medical side of things, and these trained experts were sitting there telling him, you're killing this man, and Derek didn't even try to get him help. Doesn't look good. And that's the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, Think wrongly if you please, but in all cases, think for yourself. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on Apple Podcasts would mean the world to us and really help us be able to keep creating the news du jour for free for you guys. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, sugarfree underscore media on Twitter, and just sugarfreemedia, all one word, on TikTok. You can also subscribe to emails on our blog so that you get an alert every time we have a new post or an announcement, and that's at www.sugarfreemedia.co. Again, that's sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoie and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. 
Our sugar-free media logo is by Katherine Jezik Designs. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on Apple Podcasts would mean the world to us and really help us be able to keep creating the news du jour for free for you guys. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, sugarfree underscore media on Twitter, and just sugarfreemedia, all one word, on TikTok. You can also subscribe to emails on our blog so that you get an alert every time we have a new post or an announcement, and that's at www.sugarfreemedia.co. Again, that's sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoie and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our Sugar Free Media logo is by Katherine Jezik Designs. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour.